get your Bibles, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. We're going to finish up the book of 1 Corinthians this morning, but before we jump to chapter 16, I want to look at what Paul says in chapter 3, because it's why he's writing this letter. And I want us to remember as we close out the purpose in which Paul writes. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16, do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is holy, and you are that temple. He has a young congregation that he's ministering to in Corinth. And they're trying to figure out how to live together as a community in this new worldview of Christianity. And they're having to get rid of some of the old practices, some of the old customs, right? Paul has been instructing them on, you are the temple of God. Now, I want to be clear, uh, clear about what he means when he says that. You remember when Jesus, right, told the religious leaders, hey, destroy this temple in three days, I will rebuild it. They said, three, three days? Took us 46 years to build the temple. Three days you're going to rebuild this? Yeah, three days I'll rebuild it. Because on the third day he resurrected from the grave. And it was in his resurrection that you and I were established. Because the temple is not this physical building anymore. You and I are the temple. And on the third day, he established you and I. You see in that passage how passionate he was about his father's house, about the temple. He shows up and he sees it being turned into a money market. And he makes a whip of cords and he drives everybody out of the temple and he flips over the table and he pours out the the, the coins, right? And he drives them all out of his father's house. Zeal for my father's house consumes me. That's what he says. You see the passion that he has for the temple? That's the passion that he has for you. That's the passion he has for your holiness, our holiness as his temple. We are being built up into this temple. And so Paul's letter, right, was uh, writing, he was writing to instruct us in the way of holiness so that this temple may be built up, that we may not be tossed to and fro that we wouldn't be immature our entire lives, but from one degree of glory to the next, we would be changed. And so I hope that through this letter that that work has been done, that we've taken heed to Paul's words and we've applied them. 
Go to chapter 16. His final words. Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I directed the churches of Galatia, so you also are to do. On the first day of the week, each of you is to put something aside and store it up as he may prosper, so that there will be no collection when I come. And when I arrive, I will send those whom you accredit by letter to carry your gift to Jerusalem. If it seems advisable that I should go also, they will accompany me. I will visit you after passing through Macedonia, for I intend to pass through Macedonia, and perhaps I will stay with you or even spend the winter so that you may help me on my journey wherever I go. For I do not want to see you now just in passing. I hope to spend some time with you if the Lord permits, but I will stay in Ephesus until Pentecost, for a wide door of effective work has opened to me, and there are many adversaries." When Timothy comes, see that you put him at ease among you, for he is doing the work of the Lord as I am. So let no one despise him. Help him on his way in peace, that he may return to me, for I am expecting him with the brothers. Now concerning our brother Apollos, I strongly urge him to visit you with the other brothers, but it was not at all his will to come now. He will come when he has the opportunity. Be watchful. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men. Be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. Now I urge you, brothers, you know that the household of Stephanus were the first converts in Achaia, we'll go with that, and that they have devoted themselves to the service of the saints. Be subject to those as these, and to every worker and laborer. I rejoice at the coming of Stephanus and Fortunatus and Achaia. Anyway, because they have made up for your absence. For they refreshed my spirit as well as yours. Give recognition to such people. The churches of Asia send you greetings. Aquila and Prisca, together with the church in their house, send you hearty greetings in the Lord. All the brothers send you greetings. Greet one another with a holy kiss. I, Paul, write this greeting with my own hand. If anyone has no love for the Lord, let him be accursed. Our Lord, come. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with you. My love be with you all in Christ Jesus. Amen. We have a little topical series here this morning because Paul um, addresses several things here. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on this first one, okay, because in the month of November, we're going to talk at length about finances, all right, and the blessing, and the blessing of our finances. I'm going to talk about money in the positive sense in that, hey, this is a blessing for us. When we steward our finances, this is a blessing. Every good gift comes from God. Every dollar comes from God. And when stewarded well, it's a blessing for us and for the community. Okay, but just want you to see this all right, in chapter 16, 1 through 4, there's a collection, right, that Paul is collecting, and he's taking it back to Jerusalem because the church in Jerusalem has needs. It's a great picture of Acts 2, 42 through 47. The church in Jerusalem has needs, right, on Paul's missionary journeys. He's taking up, to, uh, taking up a collection to bring back to take care of their needs. And he tells them, hey, the first week, right, set aside this money, right, because I'm going to be coming through, and I'm going to take it to Jerusalem. It's Acts 2. 
so there's no needy person amongst us. Verse 5, now you get to Paul's plans for travel. I will visit you after passing through Macedonia, for I intend to pass through. And perhaps I will stay with you even spend the winter, so that you may help me on my journey wherever I go. For I do not want to see you now just in passing. I hope to spend some time with you if the Lord permits. But I will stay in Ephesus until Pentecost, for a wide door of effective work has opened to me, and there are many adversaries. Did you hear what Jim said? Did you hear what Jim testified to? The Lord opened wide the doors in the prison, and we get to go wherever we please. That there is effective work to be done, and the doors have been swung open wide. If you go to Acts chapter 19, you'll see what Paul is talking about, this effective ministry in Ephesus. And it happened that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through the inland country and came to Ephesus. There he found some disciples and he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And he said, into what then were you baptized? They said, into John's baptism. And Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in the one who was to come after him, that is Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. There was about 12 men in all. And he entered the synagogue and for three months spoke boldly, reasoning and persuading them about the kingdom of God. But when some became stubborn and continued in unbelief, speaking evil of the way before the congregation, he withdrew from them and took the disciples with him, reasoning daily in the hall of Tyrannus. This continued for two years, so that all the residents of Asia heard the word of the Lord, both Jews and Greeks. And God was doing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul. So that even handkerchiefs or aprons that had touched his skin were carried away to the sick. And their diseases left them and the evil spirits came out of them. It was a wide door for, you know, for effective Ministry. Now, it didn't come without its adversaries. If you keep reading in Acts 19, the riot in Ephesus is about to happen. And Paul's life's in danger. When he starts his letter to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians, he tells them about, right, his life was in jeopardy. It doesn't come without its adversaries, but he says, hey, I can't come to you now because where I'm at, there is so much work to be done. God has opened the door. There's all these people here that have never heard, right, of Jesus. They've heard about, right, John the Baptist, right, and his baptism of, hey, you need to repent. Do you recognize that your way is not in alignment with the Old Testament law, right? But there wasn't the understanding, there wasn't the message of, hey, this Jesus guy is here, right? And faith in him, faith in him will save you from your crooked ways, right? John the Baptist, his baptism was, right, getting somebody to recognize my way isn't pure, 
But then, right, being baptized in the Holy Spirit is recognizing Jesus is the one who can make my way pure. And so these people, right, have been left without the, 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 the second half of this story. They recognized they needed to repent because they weren't living holy lives, but they didn't understand that Jesus is the one that makes them holy. And so Paul shows up. He's like, let me tell you the second half of this, right? And so the spirit of Jesus Christ indwells them after he preaches the second half of this story to them. It says 12 men in all. And then he continued for two years. Two years to preach. So that all in Asia heard. So he told the Corinthians, I can't come to you now. Because there's an effective work that God has me doing. He's opened the doors. Why? Verse 10. When Timothy comes, see that you put him at ease among you, for he is doing the work of the Lord as I am. So let no one despise him. Help him on his way in peace, that he may return to me, for I am expecting him with the brothers. You know what there's a picture of right here in 1 through 11? It's a picture of this. It's a picture of, right, the, the, uh, uh, the, the, the big C church. There's a picture of the global church. Paul's saying, hey, I'm going to stop in. I'm going to grab the collection because I need to take it to Jerusalem because they're in need. Right, he's telling them, hey, I'm going to come and minister to you in your church, minister to you in Corinth, but hey, right now I'm in Ephesus, and I'm ministering to them, I'm ministering to their church, but I will be coming to you. Hey, when Timothy gets to you, greet him, put him at ease. He's been doing this great work, and he is going to come, and he's going to minister to you on his way back to me. Like, you see this picture, right, this network of churches that are ministering to one another, serving one another, unified together. There isn't this right split. There's a, there, there's a big seed church here. It was Neil McClendon at Grand, pa uh, Grand, Grand Parkway Baptist Church who said a couple weeks ago, he says, I'm for less churches and I'm for more kingdom. And for less churches and for more kingdom. This is a picture of being, right, for more kingdom right here. The churches, right, being together, working together, serving one another. And for less churches and for more kingdom. We're reading the book of Matthew right now in life groups, the upside down kingdom. And for more of that kingdom and less of this individualistic mindset amongst the churches. I had a student on Wednesday night two weeks ago. I said, does anybody have any doubts, right, any skepticisms about Christianity? He says, yeah, I got a question. What's the purpose in all these different denominations? That's my, that's my skepticism. What's the purpose in all these different denominations? Is there a purpose? I said, no, look at me. There's not a purpose. There's not. It's a byproduct of division. It's a byproduct of having different interpretations of what the Scripture said, but there's not purpose in the different denominations because when you go back to John 17, Jesus prays for unity, oneness, 
The same mind, that we would be one just as him and the Father are one, that we would all be one together. And so, right, when I look at the denominations, it doesn't make me skeptical about Christianity, right? It makes me go, we got a lot of work to do. There's a lot of work to do. There's a lot of kingdom work to do. Now, don't hear what I'm not saying, right? There's some denominations, right, that it's probably good that we're not one with, because they don't believe what the Bible teaches. So don't hear what I'm not saying. But when you go, what's the purpose, right? Did God ordain purpose in all these different denominations? Hey, look, the reality is, is God ordained us, all right, to be one. He came and died and he resurrected on the third day so that we would be one. You know, and sometimes it's our sin that divides the churches. You know what my response to that is, too, is like, hey, love covers up a multitude of sins so we can still be one. But we got a lot of work to do. This is a picture in the first 11 verses of chapter 16 of being, right, for the kingdom, for the big church. And Paul was striving for that. He was co-laboring co- with many others for that. His final instructions, verse 12. Now concerning our brother Apollos, I strongly urged him to visit you with the other brothers, but it was not at all his will to come now. He will come when he has opportunity. Be watchful. Church, be watchful. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men. Be strong. Act like men's a phrase that Paul borrows from the culture, right? It's a phrase, if you think about a soldier going out to war, act like a man, right? It was, be courageous, go. Be courageous. When it's time to fight, don't hesitate. When it's time to draw the sword, when it's time to pull the trigger, don't hesitate. Be courageous. Be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like, act like men, or be courageous, be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. We could do a whole series on that verse right there. But we need to be watchful. We need to stand firm. We don't negotiate with sin. Paul is saying. We're not going to negotiate with sin. We're not going to make a deal for sin. We're not going to enable these things to run wild in the church. We're going to stand firm on the truth. We're going to hang on to that. We're not going to negotiate with anything else. Be courageous. Be ready to pull the trigger when the Lord speaks, when it's time to fight, when it's time to defend one another. Go! When it's time to proclaim from the housetops what the Lord has revealed to you in secret, go, pull the trigger. Be courageous. Right? When you get a new job and you're in a preschool class, right, and you get this student, right, and the Lord gives you something to say to you, pull the trigger. Go. It's time to fight. Let all that you do be done in love. Let everything that we do be motivated by love. 
Now I urge you, brothers, you know that the household of Stephanus were the first converts in Achaia, and they have devoted themselves to the service of the saints, be subject to such as these and to every fellow worker and laborer. Hold them in high honor, respect them, take heed to what they're saying. I rejoice at the coming of Stephanus and Fortunaeus and Achaia. I don't know why I'm reading this again, just to show you guys I'm not very smart. Because they have made up for your absence, for they refreshed my spirit as well as yours. Give recognition to such people. Celebrate such work. Celebrate such faithfulness. Celebrate it. Acknowledge it. For we will exalt God in such celebration of the faithfulness of these co-laborers, these workers, these faithful men and women. Celebrate them. Take care of them. Take care of them. The churches of Asia send you greetings. Aquila Prisca, together with the church in their house, send you hearty greetings in the Lord. So Paul's in Ephesus. He's at the house church with Aquila and Priscilla. And there's some other house churches there in Ephesus. And he's saying, hey, we send you greetings, hearty greetings. We love you. We're working together. Big C Church. We send you greetings. All the brothers send you greetings. Greet one another with a holy kiss. That's how we're going to dismiss this morning. Big holy kisses. <laughs> I want to tell you a story just real quick. Yesterday, my wife came to give me a kiss. She literally moved my mustache out of the way before she gave me a kiss. Anyway, she wanted it to be holy, I guess. I, Paul, write this greeting with my own hand. If anyone has no love for the Lord, let him be accursed. Our Lord, come. The church was always ready for Jesus to come. They are always saying, come. Fulfill. Fulfill your promise. Come. Just like Paul says, if I'm still here, if this church is still here, that means there's fruitful labor for us to do. But if he comes, oh, it's far greater to be with him, so come. And as I wait for you to come, there's fruitful labor for us to go walk out. The grace of God, the grace of the Lord Jesus be with you. My love be with you all in Christ Jesus. Amen. We're going to end a little bit differently this morning. I'm going to have the band come up. And uh, we're going to close with a song. But before we do, here's what I'm going to ask of the rest of the congregation. Um, Verse 8, but I will stay in Ephesus until Pentecost for a wide door for effective work has opened to me. And there are many adversaries. I want us as a church before we close in song to pray that God would swing wide the doors for effective ministry for us. That he would open up the doors. There are people in your lives that you've been working on for a long time, I'm going to pray that, that, that God swings open that door. 
your place of employment, different opportunities in the community. We're going to pray that God swings open the door for effective ministry to happen. That's the first thing we're going to pray for. The second thing that we're going to pray for is that we know the adversary is coming. That's what Paul says. Even though the adversary is here and he's attacking me, the door is wide open. We're going to pray for the protection of this church in the midst of the ministry that God gives us to do. All right, so I'm going to have you stand. All right, if you're able, I'm going to have you stand. And I need somebody, Mike, I need a volunteer to pray that God would swing open the doors for effective work here in our community. All right, a bit nervous. Let's do this. Okay. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. We ask that you step ahead of us, behind us, and around us, that you guide us to your open doors that are already forming. We ask that you uplift us, give us courage and faith and trust to do as you ask. We ask that you give courage to those who need it. We ask that you soften hearts to those who need them softened. We ask that you bring together your church to fulfill your will. We ask that you protect the open doors as we walk through them, and that you be with us forevermore. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I need somebody to pray for the protection and unity of the church. Father God, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for this church, Lord, and for who you are, for everything that you do for us, Lord. We just pray, Lord, that you just continue just to guide us, Lord. We pray for your protection, Lord. We pray that you just open our eyes and our ears, Lord, and, and we just pray for that discernment and the wisdom, Lord, to continue to walk this out as a body of Christ, Lord. Lord, we love you and we praise you, Lord, and, and your word just talks about just, just being in worship and standing in worship and in spirit and truth, Lord. So just, I just pray, Lord, that you just continue just to build us up, Lord. Just protect us, Lord. Protect our hearts and our minds, Lord, and in your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. When the Lord whispers to you, be ready to pull the trigger. Be ready to go. Be ready to fight the good fight. You are the temple of God. You're his temple, and he is so passionate about you. Greet one another before you leave, and a holy kiss is optional, all right? We'll see you guys next week at the property.